You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Happy New Year's Eve. The end of 2017 is today. Congratulations. You made it. Give yourself a round of applause, of course. You made it. That's a big deal. Um, As I was preparing for today's message, a question kept popping up in my head. And the question was, are you in the same place or are you in the place that you envisioned you'd be uh, at the beginning of this year? And so just to kind of give you some context, at the beginning of just about every year, I give myself some sort of challenge, right? Something to challenge myself, some sort of goal that I want to reach. I want to obtain, you know, uh, something that will just really get me just motivated for the year. And so this year, uh, on January 1st of 2017, my goal was, Robbie, you're going to be in the gym five days a week. And as I thought about this question, hey, are you in the place uh, are you in the place that you'd envision you'd be? Well, at the beginning of this year, I envisioned that I would be like super chiseled by now, right? <laughs> and I'd have like rock hard abs and I'd be getting so hashtag fit fam that you guys wouldn't even like recognize me. Um, but like four people walked in, they're like, hey, what's up, Humby? Right? So. <laughs> went the wrong way, right? So. Uh, um, so no, I was not in the place that I envisioned that I would be um, at the beginning of this year. See, I envisioned that I'd be in the gym five days a week, and that's super awesome. But instead of that happening, uh, tacos happened. And um, one day I was like, man, these tacos are really good. You know what would be even better? Have them tomorrow, right? And so I had tacos the next day, and then they kept happening and happening. And then, check this out. I discovered something super awesome. Um, if you're not familiar, tacos have a big cousin named Burrito. And you can fit way more in a burrito than you can in a taco. So try one, because it's amazing. So then burritos kept happening over and over and over. And so eventually I realized that now the season that I was supposed to be in of, of you know, taking care of my body, working out, it was now August. And I had, and all of 2017 ended up being a season full of tacos. And then I stopped one day and I looked at the scale and I, it turns out I weighed 20 pounds more than what I started the year with. And after a few of some of our brutally honest tribe members came up to me and they're like, hey, Robbie, um, your clothes are fitting kind of tight. I was like, for real? Right. And they're like, yeah, they're like, we're kind of concerned about you. And I was like, something had to change. Do you agree? Yeah. So um, so I realized that the season of tacos in my life had to come to an end. And so I want to ask you guys the same question. Are you in the place that you envisioned that you'd be in at the beginning of this year? Did you have a goal for yourself? Did you say, hey, I want to accomplish this by the time 2018 rolls around? I want to be here by the time 2018 rolls around. And chances are most of us have some sort of goal. If you didn't, I want to challenge you to make one for this year. But um, chances are about 92% of us didn't accomplish the goal that we had set out for ourselves. And so today, I don't want to look at, you know, hey, you failed, so haha. You know, I don't want to look at that today, but what I do want to look at is, hey, let's, ch- let's find a way to, uh, to take a different look on how we can get closer to achieving, if not achieve, our goals, the, the differences, the desires that we want for our lives, the vision that we want. How are we going to achieve that? How are we going to, um, what are some things that we are going to do today that are going to help us out tomorrow? So um, you can read with me in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Scripture says, for everything there is a, what's that word? 
Oh, are we awake? Come on, you didn't come at 8.30. Let's try this one more time. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, to build up, a time to cry, and to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, uh, to scatter stones, and to gather stones, to embrace, and a, turn, a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching. There is a what? Time for everything. Now, there are a lot of reasons why we as humans fail to achieve the visions and the goals that we desire for our own personal lives. I mean, life happens all over the place, but one of the biggest reasons is that sometimes it's hard for us to realize that there is a season for everything. There is a season for us to keep doing something and there's a season for us to stop doing something. My seasons were tacos and to stop tacos, right? So there's a season for everything. Um, and one of the hardest things to, to acknowledge with seasons is that sometimes, yes, there's a season to do everything, but sometimes seasons have to end. Sometimes we have to end a season in our life. And so today my talk is titled Necessary Endings because we are going to look at um, some ways that we can go about ending some seasons in our lives. Now, first, I want to tell you that this isn't a bad thing. You know, I know endings are sad, right? Endings uh, are, are never fun, but a necessary ending is something you're choosing to end on your own. This, is, this ending is a good, good thing. And here at City Church, you know, one, you're loved more than anything, which is why tribe members felt comfortable enough to come and tell me how they really felt about the warm clothes were fitting, right? Because they loved me and they cared about me. So they came and said, hey, we have this concern. We think you should address it. And for you guys, you know, I, not that I have this concern, but I have this thought for you. And you know what? Hey, let's address this together as a family. And again, ending things, never fun, never a fun thing. But one of my favorite authors, Dr. Henry Cloud, puts it this way. He says, sometimes the biggest enemy of our tomorrow is something that we are doing today. I say that again, sometimes the biggest enemy of our tomorrow is something that we are doing today. Now, as I talk about necessary endings today, as I talk about necessarily ending something, I'm not talking about just bad stuff. Okay, there, there are a lot of good things in our lives that, hey, you know what? Sometimes the season of that good thing in our life is gone. It's time to move on to something better and something bigger and something greater. And, and I'm also not going to talk about quitting today. Today's talk is not all about quitting. So if you're experiencing something in your life, like your job sucks or you're going through some sort of tough time in your marriage or whatever, I'm not talking about quitting that. If times get tough, you don't quit it. You fight through it. You're going to work through it. Okay, but um, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, hey, what's the vision that we have for our lives and what is standing in the way? What is something we're doing today that is preventing us from accomplishing that vision? And so... Um, as we look at necessary endings today, it's, in Scripture, it's translated directly as pruning. In Scripture, uh, necessary endings are, are uh, translated as pruning. And pruning is not like a, a rare thing talked about in the Bible. It's, it's spoken about all throughout Scripture. And we see Jesus talk about it in John chapter 15. He can read me on screen. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he, what's that word? And he prunes 
the branches that do not bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Now, if you're not familiar, pruning is a gardening term. Pruning is uh, when the gardener will go and trim, uh, usually a tree, a shrub, a, a, a bush of some sort, by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase the fruitfulness and growth of the plant. Just like scripture says, um, it also means to reduce the extent of something by removing superfluous, I Googled that term. If you don't know what it means, unnecessary, right? Learn a new word this week. Um, superfluous or unwanted parts. Now, as a gardener goes to prune their plants, we're going to use a rose bush as an example today. As a gardener will go and prune this rose bush, the gardener will approach this bush with a vision in their head. And this vision is, this is what I think a perfect rose should look like. And so they'll evaluate the plant, they'll look at it, and they'll say, okay, let's remove every bud that is not, that I feel is not going to accomplish this vision. Now, the gardeners don't prune because something is wrong necessarily. Let me remind you, pruning is a great thing. Pruning is a very, very good thing that we all should practice in our lives. They prune this bush so that it can achieve all that it's meant to be, so that it can reach its full potential and it can accomplish the vision of the gardener and they'll prune this bush in three different contexts the first is if the uh is if the bush is producing too many buds if the if the bush is producing way too many buds for it to take care of then it'll prune it the second is if the if the plant is uh has parts in it that are sick and not getting well right no matter how much fertilizer you throw at it it's not getting better so they'll remove those parts and the last way is if uh parts of the plant are dead because at that point, that piece is just taking up space. And so today, I want us to consider our lives, ourselves, as this rose bush. Everybody say, I'm a rose bush. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you say, you're a rose bush. Yeah. And you're a really pretty rose bush. Okay, stop. That's disgusting. Okay, here we go. So, so consider that. Okay, now consider yourself alongside with God as the gardeners for this rose bush. And today, uh, today, together, we are going to look at how we can prune our lives within these three contexts. Okay, so the first way that, a, the first context in which a gardener prunes their rose bush is when a rose bush is producing too many buds. Now, when a, a bush is growing and it's healthy, it has, you know, the crazy ability to produce a bunch, a bunch of uh, rosebuds all over the place. But sometimes it produces way too many rosebuds for it to take care of. Um, it won't have enough nutrients to take care of every single rosebud um, the proper way. And so what happens is none of the rose bushes or none of the rosebuds accomplish the vision of the gardener. They, never, they don't fully become their true potential. And so the gardener will go in, will clip away the, the buds that they feel are not going to meet the expectation and the vision. And it's not because these buds are bad. It's not because um, something's, you know, these buds, uh, you know, are too small. They, they, um, it's simply because, hey, I want these specific buds to reach the potential that they can possibly be. And so think about your own personal life right now. Think about your own personal rosebush. There may be things in your life that aren't necessarily bad. You may be experiencing a whole bunch of relationships that are awesome and they're a lot of fun to be around. It's super great. You may be serving in different ministries and organizations. Uh, you may be picking up every shift at work that you can possibly pick up. You might be just so in love with your work that you're just there all the time. But sometimes we have to take a step back and we have to evaluate, okay, am I feeding too many buds right now? Are all of the buds that I am producing, are they fully getting my full potential? 
And chances are, if you're super stretched in and you, and you are feeding a whole bunch of things at once, chances are that they're not. And on top of that, you have to take a step back and think, okay, are all of these buds helping me accomplish the vision that I had set out for my own life? And um, an example for me, I said this a lot. I said, I want to lose 20 pounds, but I don't have enough time to make it to the gym. Well, are the things that I'm doing, the things that are taking up my time, are they they're preventing me from getting to the gym, well, maybe it's time for me to create some sort of necessary ending to something in my life so that I can replace it with something that will help me accomplish the vision that I had for my life. And so, um, same for you. If you're saying, hey, I don't have enough time to do this, well, then something has to end so that that can take up that time so that you can get one step closer to where you want to be. Also, when we produce too many buds, when we are producing too many buds, then we give ourselves the opportunity to be burnt out. We give ourselves the opportunity to get exhausted. And then once we do that, we lose motivation to serve or do anything, if we're being honest. So um, if you are you know, stretching yourself way too thin to reach all these places at once, what's happening is these things, these places that you're serving are only getting half of what your full potential could be. And I don't know if you've ever served or done anything um, half-hearted or, or whatnot, but it's discouraging and it's tough. Um, and it's hard on yourself, it's hard on your family, and it's hard. And on top of that, it doesn't benefit the ministry that you're serving in at all, or the, or the workplace that you work in, or, or the community that you live in. It doesn't benefit it at all. And at City Youth, we have a saying, and it's, it's uh, you're God's best. It's, you know, we tell each other, hey, you're God's best. And it simply means that you are God's hands and feet. You are the tool that God uses to get his message of love, hope, peace, and grace all throughout you know, the city and our world. But you can't do that to your fullest potential if you are constantly burnt out all the time. And if you're not producing any fruit um, within the buds that you're feeding, then what's the point? And then what's the point? So um, maybe there, may, there might have to be a season. Again, this is not permanent, but it's just a season of necessary endings. So maybe the ministry you're stretching yourself way too thin to serve in. Or maybe the job that is making you miss every family dinner that you can possibly have. Or maybe even the relationships in your life that aren't necessarily bad, but they're preventing you from, be, from uh, becoming all that you envision that you'd become. And again, it's just a season. Let me remind you, it's not a bad thing to prune. Pruning is a good thing. Um, so I want to encourage you, you feel like you're taking on too many buds, you feel like you have too many buds in your life right now, then take a step back, evaluate, and say, okay, which ones are not helping me accomplish where I want to be in this life and, and create a necessary ending for just a season for that thing. It doesn't mean you can't go back to it. Now, the next context in which a gardener prunes is if the plant is sick and not getting better or not getting well. Now, if a, if a uh, rose bush has a branch or a part of the you know, plant that is sick, and no matter how much fertilizer they're throwing at it, it's not getting better, then the uh, gardener has to remove it. It makes sense because then if they don't remove it in time, then the, 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 uh, the uh, sickness and whatnot can infect the rest of the plant and it can end up ruining the plant too. So the same goes for our lives, right? What are some things that we are doing in our lives that we know, hey, this thing is a sickness. This thing is a cancer. And this thing is going to make my life worse the longer I keep it around. Now, check this out. In the book of Exodus, the Israelites have been held for slaves for over 400 years by the Egyptians. And the time has come for them to be released by Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Um, so God, through Moses and his brother Aaron, Sent, sent a series of uh, plagues, of 10 plagues, to Egypt 
uh, in order for them to be released. Now, the second plague was frogs. And um, if you think about God and all his power and everything that he's able to do, uh, to think that he sent frogs to scare people is just funny to me, in my opinion. And so he sends these frogs and, um, and these frogs invaded everything. These frogs, the Bible says these frogs filled up the river. These frogs were in people's beds. These frogs were in people's ovens. They were everywhere. Everywhere they stepped, there was a frog. And I don't know about you, but I get super annoyed by that very quickly because of how slimy and disgusting frogs are. And so Pharaoh, or Pharaoh, <laughs> Pharaoh, um, Pharaoh finally got frustrated enough with these frogs that, uh, and you can read with me in Exodus chapter 8, he says, uh, the Bible says, then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, and this is how I think he begged, plead with the Lord, take the frogs away from me and my people, please. Just take them away. Right, that's how I pictured, at least that's how I would beg, right? Just take these frogs away, and then I'll let you and your people go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses, the, the, being the baller that he is, responded with this. He says, you set the time. You tell me when you want me to pray for you, then you and your house will be rid of, of the frogs. They will remain in the Nile River. And then Pharaoh said this, and it doesn't make sense to me. He says, okay, do it tomorrow. Just think about that response for a second. Do it tomorrow. These frogs were in his bed. These frogs were in his oven. They were in his chonis. They were everywhere. These frogs were everywhere. And they were getting worse. And what does he say? Uh, take care of it tomorrow. What? Take care of it tomorrow? That's ridiculous. Okay, I'm sorry. But if there's frogs in your bed, if there's frogs in your underwear right now, you'd be like, dude, get rid of these right now, right? Get rid of them yesterday, bro. I'm tired of these frogs. Get them out. And there's no telling how long he had them already existing in his life before he asked Moses to take care of them. But he says, you know what? Get rid of them tomorrow. That's crazy. I think that's insane. You guys think that's insane? It's crazy. But we do the same thing all the time. Oh, yeah, I didn't think I was going to turn that, did you? We do the same thing all of the time. There are things in our life right now that are invading our hearts. There are things that we are doing right now that are invading our homes, invading our minds, and they're affecting our spiritual life. They're affecting our personal life. There are things that we are participating in and that we are holding on to that any moment we think, oh, man, I should get rid of this. Man, this needs to go. We think to ourselves, tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. Someday. One day I'll get to it. Tomorrow. In 2018, 2018, that's the year. The year. You're Robbie. I'm going to get rid of all these things. In 2018, that's what I'm going to do. It. In 2018, I'm finally going to turn that computer off. I'm going to stop watching porn. In 2018, I'm finally going to end that affair. In 2018, I'm going to get off my butt and I'm going to get a job. In 2018, I'm going to start that nutrition plan and get my life right. In 2018, I'm going to stop smoking pot, doing drugs, getting wasted all the time. In 2018, that's when I'm going to make the difference. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow's sexy, all right? Tomorrow's sexy. You want to know why? Because we don't have to deal. When we say tomorrow, we don't have to deal with it today. We can just do it tomorrow. And you know what? Our greatest enemy, Satan, whose only purpose is to come here to kill, steal, and destroy, will do everything to convince you that one day you're going to get there. One day you're going to take care of it. One day, tomorrow, you're going to take Hey, just don't worry about it today. Do it tomorrow. But here's the truth. 
Tomorrow isn't going to come. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Because we can just keep saying tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and we choose to live with these frogs another night every single night. We'll just do it tomorrow, which is why Pastor Doug tells me all the time, and it's kind of annoying, but I totally get it. He tells me that someday is no day, so pick a day. Someday is no day, so pick a day. You know, if there are things in your life right now, and you know what they are, I'm not going to go and point people out. God, I don't know what they are, but if you know what they are, if there's something you're doing in your life right now and you know that it's just invading your life and it's making you sick and you're not getting any better and the longer you keep keep it around, the more and more that it's going to invade your life, the more and more and the worse and worse you're going to get, then it's time to pick a day and get rid of it. It's time to pick a day and create this necessary ending to this thing that is ruining your life. And it's time to end a thing that is preventing you from taking a step closer to the vision that you have set for yourself. And when you choose a day, then you come back here and you tell one of your tribe members. Because here's the truth. There is nothing. There's no porn. There's, there's no drugs. There's no affair. There's no laziness. There's nothing that stands a chance against our God and our church. And the moment you bring it here, we're going to take care of it and we're going to walk through it with you because of how much we care about you and because of how much we love you. So pick a day, get rid of this thing, and then you're going to have an awesome, awesome year. Some days, no day. So you need to pick a day. Now, the last context in which a... Uh, a gardener prunes as if the plant has branches or parts of the plant that are dead. Um, at this point, dead branches are just taking up space, and there's um, really no point to having them around because the moment that you remove those branches, then something more beautiful and healthy can grow in its place. Now, growing up, my family and I were really into reality TV. We love, love MTV, uh, TLC, the Food Network, the Kardashians, like religiously. Like Kim said, what to Chloe? What? No, she didn't, right? It's super crazy and super awesome. Um, there's a show that was super intriguing to me. It was on TLC, and it was called Hoarding Buried Alive, right? And so um, if you're not familiar with the show, um, uh, basically the, there's uh, this person they would identify as this extreme hoarder, and they would you know, go through their house, and there'd be like piles of just stuff all over the place. And, um, and their family members were super concerned about them, so they, they would contact hoarding, and they would bring a crew over, a cleaning crew, and this organizer to help this person, if they wanted it, they, they would help this person organize their stuff. They would help this person get rid of some stuff and get some sort of normal life back. And so what they would do is they'd show up, and um, the part that was crazy to me is they would walk through the house, and there would be just piles of stuff everywhere, right? And they'd be ducking and all this stuff. And um, the organizer would typically pick something up. And so it, this example, they picked up a birdcage, and they'd be like, hey, you know, uh, when did you get this? And the, the hoarder would be like, oh, I got it 20 years ago as a wedding gift or whatever. And they're like, okay, cool. Um, when's the last time you used it? Oh, I used it uh, 10 years ago, but then my bird died. Actually, my bird's over there, and so you can check that out, right? So it's just kind of crazy. And so they'd be like, okay, cool. Cool. Um, that's disgusting. Let's throw your bird and this cage away because you don't use it. And um, and then the hoarder would, uh, or the the yeah the hoarder. I mean, that's there's no there's no other proper term for that, right? It's just the hoarder. Right? The hoarder would uh, would 
have the same like panic response. And it didn't matter what the item was, but they would have this response. And if, uh, if you are a hoarder, I apologize if I offend you today, but here we go. Um, so, uh, so, they would, so they would say, okay, let's throw this away. And then they would, the, the hoarder would be like, wait, no, no, no. What, what if I get a bird one day? I might need that. I might need the cage. What if I, what if I get a bird like tomorrow? I might need that cage. And then the organizer would be like, well, you have like four more cages. So like, what do you need this one for, right? And so, um, I, you know, I thought about the response. I might need that. I might need that. And that response, I might need that, is a response out of fear, right? Fear that the hoarder maybe would not be able to replace that birdcage if she let go of it. Or maybe, uh, you know, they would not be able to replace that birdcage with something, with a, with a better birdcage. I don't know, but there was a fear attached to... Uh, to that person. And there's a fear associated with losing the birdcage. And so as a result of that, they just wanted to hold it tight and they wanted to keep it close and they didn't want to let it go. And so, you know, are there birdcages in your life right now? Is there a birdcage in your life that you're holding on to? You haven't used it in so many years, but you can't seem to find a way to let go of it. And you just hold it tight. You know, I, I don't want to throw away that container that's been sitting on my fridge for 20 years. What if I, I might need it later? Or, you know, I can't cut this guy or this girl out of my life because what if none of my relationships work out? I might need them later. You know, we live in this fear that if I let this go, then there's no way that it's going to be replaced with something else or something better. But... As you keep the vision at the forefront of your mind, if you keep your vision for your life at the front of your mind, remember that fear doesn't come from God. You know, John 10, 10 says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God comes, God has come so that we can have life and have it to the fullest. And having life to the fullest doesn't include fear in it, which is why we're reminded um, in Psalm 94 where the psalmist writes, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me, what's that word? brought me joy. When anxiety was great within me, your comfort brought me joy. See, we all have a place that we eventually want to end up in our lives. In this next, you know, this next year, you know, tonight at midnight, we're going to start this new journey onto the vision that we have for our lives. We all want to end up there. And, you know, the truth is we all have a God who has a knack for calling people from where they are and taking them to somewhere greater and better. And the truth, the, the truth, that's the truth for every single person here. But first, you have to let go of what you're holding on to. You have to let go of the past. You have to let go of the thing that is in your life that is just taking up space. It has no purpose. It's just there, taking up all your nutrients that you can be feeding on to something better and more beautiful. And so as you think of the things you might need... You know, stop holding on to how much better your last job was or how different your old church was or how your old, you know, relationship, you know, the person that relationship did something different that your current one does not do. And you need to start grasping onto the truth that God who is that that you have a God who is not only going to replace that thing, but he's going to replace it with something so much better and something so much greater and bigger than you could have ever imagined. And on top of that, and this might be a hard truth for some of us to hear, the season that you're holding on to, it has passed. It's gone. It's in the past. It serves no purpose in your life. It's just taking up space. So why are you holding on to it? 
There's a season for everything. There's a season for everything. A season to hold on to something and a season to let it go. A season to move on. So if you're carrying around the past, if you're holding it tight and you just don't want to let it go, it's time that we enter into a season of necessary ending for this thing. Because it's a promise that something more beautiful, something more fruitful is going to grow in that place. You know, tomorrow's enemy is something that you might be holding on to today. And so with these three ways, these three contexts of pruning in mind, I mean, just imagine, imagine how much room for peace you would have in your life if you cut out unnecessary, unwanted, unhealthy relationships. Imagine how much more efficient and fit you'd be if you cut out, you know, those Netflix binges all the time and those tacos 24-7. Imagine how much closer you would be with your significant other if you stopped reminiscing on the past and you started focusing on the beauty and, and the amazing gift that you have right in front of you. Imagine how much more of an impact you would have in this world and the places you served, the places you worked, the family that you lived in, the, the community that you were part of if you kept the vision at the, for your life at the forefront of your mind and you did everything you had, not only for God, but to accomplish this vision as well. I mean, just imagine what 2018 could look like. Imagine how incredible of a year. Chances are, if we took this challenge to heart and we started pruning these and started creating these necessary endings to our life, maybe in 2019, we don't have to give a talk on, hey, let's get motivated for 2019, right? We, are, we would be so pumped and so excited because of all the things that we've been accomplishing already and all the visions that we have been achieving. But in order for us to accomplish that, most of us here it's time for us to start creating some necessary ending to some things in our life. And again, it's just a season. But know that this pruning, it's a great thing. And it will benefit you if you take this challenge to heart. Let's pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for just an incredible tribe of people that we get to come together with and just worship you and be in your presence, God. And I just pray that today as we... Uh, as we think about, hey, what are the things in our lives that can be removed? What are the things in our lives that are going to help us accomplish the vision that you have placed in our hearts? I pray that we just boldly step in to that. And I thank you in advance, and I celebrate you with you in advance for all of the accomplished visions that are going to happen. And maybe some of us here today, we, we've been in a season, a very long season, where we have been just denying you and denying you and denying who you are our entire lives. And maybe it's now it's time for us to step into a permanent season of belief that you are who you say you are, that you, that you do love us way more than we could ever imagine, so much so that you would send your son down to this earth to live this perfect life and to die a death so that there could be a necessary end to the suffering that is caused by our sin. And God, we thank you for that. And I pray that if there's anybody who's been fighting against that truth, and they are ready to step into a permanent season of a life with you, God, I just pray that they simply just choose to believe in their heart right now. They choose to believe in their heart, and they begin to walk. And every season that they walk through is a season that they walk through with you. 
So God, we thank you for your constant love. We thank you for your constant grace. And we pray that 2018 is a year full of accomplished visions. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.